0: Hello and welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein.
1: And I'm ABC's Capitol Hill producer Allie Rogan.
0: And Allie is in for John Carl, coming off his big interview with Steve Bannon and the big uh, single board trip, which seems like it was about a million years ago, because, wow, Allie, we are in the midst of uh, of a full-blown crisis on the border, uh, searing images, uh, details that continue to emerge day after day of children separated from their families as part of a policy enacted by the Trump administration. And this has been a curious political story in so many ways that we are going to break down. We're going to talk to a key Democratic senator who's trying to negotiate uh, we'll find some kind of a solution to this, uh, Senator from Nevada Katherine Cortez Masto in a few moments but but ali this is this is an extraordinary moment uh, first of all the the, the national attention span uh, has stuck on one story for several days right now, and as images have started to come out, uh, put, putting faces and voices to to the names of the some two thousand uh, children that are now being held in detention centers somewhere near the u s mexican border uh, the question of what happens next is still an open one. Uh, We know that the president has the power to do something about this. He has indicated that he wants to see Congress do something on this. There are various uh, legislative proposals, but this seems to be running into a whole bunch of different political forces, the paralysis around Congress, as well as the political advantage that the president seems to think that he may be able to get out of this.
1: Yeah, Rick, I've never seen uh, the Congress so united in terms of what the problem is, and yet they are just as divided as they've ever been on any issue. So even though everyone agrees that they don't want to see children separated from their parents at the border, uh, it's politics as usual up here. We've been tracking multiple bills in both the Senate and the House, divided by party. Uh, Both parties and both chambers have very different ways of addressing this. But Rick, you are so right that this story just has the most incredible state power in this administration, I can't recall another issue that has dominated the headlines uh, like this issue. You're seeing not just the incredibly strong images and sounds of these children on the border, but the political images coming out of Washington, you had Democratic members of Congress protesting the president as he emerged from a meeting with House Republicans. Shouting at him. Shouting at the president. So the the the, the just sheer level, the fever pitch that this uh, issue has raised up here is is just unprecedented in my experience. And
0: the secretary of Homeland Security uh, mocked and shouted at and protested at a Mexican restaurant that she was dining out on on. On Tuesday night. Uh, And I think, Ali, I, I for one, can't really grapple with this entire story without really getting into the the falsehoods, the contradictions, the outright misinformation that's being put out by the Trump White House Uh, to just get a a couple of things very clear. The president um, is saying that that he is forced to do this because of a Democrat law, a Democratic backed law. That is not true. This is a policy that he enacted, that his administration uh, enacted uh, and uh, a policy that his administration could reverse at, at any moment. Uh, as for the contradictions, I, I, I want to get into this a little bit because I, if you're if you're looking at the policy justification for this, um, there's a lot of uh, there's, there's a lot of different directions that are getting pointed here. We know that Attorney General Jeff Sessions, instituted uh, what's called a zero-tolerance policy. Uh, And that policy means that uh, the the Department of Justice is, is pursuing the prosecution of anyone apprehended at the border. That triggers the Department of Homeland Security to uh, then put policies in place that uh, if you're going to prosecute, then you can't hold the kids at the same time. Thus, the detention centers, there we are. But there's a little bit more than that. And and, and actually, uh, Secretary Nielsen, uh, Kirsten Nielsen, the, the Secretary of Homeland Security that we just mentioned, was asked uh, if, if this was – if the if the images that we're seeing were in fact uh, a part of the strategy, if deterrence was part of the strategy, take a listen. Are you intending for this to play out as it is playing out? Are you intending for parents to be separated from their children? Are you intending to send a
1: message? I, I find that offensive. What? No, because why why would I ever create a policy
0: that purposely does that? So that's an interesting exchange. Now, she finds it offensive that anyone would suggest that. But take a listen to what the White House chief of staff, John Kelly, uh, told NPR just last month. But a na- the bi- a big name of the game is deterrence. And then, Allie, just the other night, Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, on with Laura Ingram on Fox, um, asked the same kind of question. Is this... Policy, in part, used as a deterrent. Is it, are you trying to deter people from bringing children or minors across this dangerous journey? Is that part of what the separation is about? Fundamentally, we're enforcing the law. If you break into the country in an unlawful. But is it a deterrent,
2: a, sir? Well, it are you does considering that, this a deterrent?
0: I see that the fact that. No one was being prosecuted for this as a factor in a five-fold increase in four years in this kind of illegal immigration. So, yes, hopefully people will get the message and come through the border at the port of entry and not break, break across the border yeah. unlawfully.
1: Yeah, Rick, what is unusual here is, look, we have seen this administration struggle person to person with getting the facts straight on a policy, right? There's never been a great sense of continuity. You've had uh, tons of issues where various cabinet secretaries take different positions than than their counterparts in other agencies. The difference here is that there seems to be a, uh, a difference and an unwillingness among some uh, members of the administration to acknowledge what is absolutely the result of this policy. Um, Secretary Nielsen is just uh, incorrect in saying that this has not been implemented uh, in part to deter other people from coming to the border, and yet that doesn't seem to have been a result. Uh, CNN reported a couple days ago about a study That DHS had conducted saying that they would expect numbers of people trying to cross the border to uh, decrease in just weeks after this new zero tolerance policy was implemented. And we have not seen that as the case. In fact, the numbers of people trying to cross the border illegally have just increased.
0: And if a message was intended to be delivered, I think the American people have gotten a message on this. And there's some interesting polling on this, Ali. A bunch of people have been in the field recently, including Quinnipiac University, and about two-thirds of the American voters they found were against this policy, think the policy should end. Uh, But 55 percent of Republicans are in favor of this policy. And the president— from where he sits he 's aware of the imagery he has even told lawmakers uh, last night that uh, his own daughter Ivanka said, "You have to change this he says he doesn 't like this policy, but he has also said we have to send the message that we are tough on immigration we 're going to get those borders and he has thrown this issue into the into the midst of the, the most volatile of issues imaginable, an issue that has vexed now three presidents in a row, uh, that has divided both parties very deeply, particularly the Republican Party in recent years. And he's tossed this into the mix of of, of, a, of a bigger immigration reform, a, a bill that would take care of legal immigration limits, that would take care of legalizing the, the so-called dreamers in some way, uh, that, would, that would tackle the border wall, get some funding for the border wall. And he has sent notice that The president himself says he wants a government shutdown if you don't have the border wall. Did his visit to Capitol Hill move the needle at all, Allie, from what you're picking up?
1: It's so interesting, Rick. I think a lot of the House Republicans who were emerging from this meeting were were calling it a Rorschach test, basically. They were saying they were just calling out what they were basically hoping that the president meant, because uh, according to folks who were in the room, he was so incredibly vague. He laid out the broad strokes of what he wants to see in a large-scale immigration agreement, uh, as as our viewers... as our listeners may know, there are two House bills that are uh, coming up for a vote soon. Uh, but he didn't explicitly endorse either one. One option is a bit more conservative than the other, uh, which was put together by a coalition of moderates and conservatives. So they're going into this vote not exactly sure how uh, this is going to go. And as you recall, it was a few months ago that uh, the uh, both chambers had tried to pass efforts to... Uh, implement a bit more of a broad immigration strategy that would deal with status for DACA recipients and uh, the visa diversity programs that have been called into question. So they're going back and trying again to do this broad approach. But now this issue of family separation has made the politics that much more muddy because members of both parties and in both chambers recognize that this is a political uh, losing issue. Um, but but nobody can agree on the scope of what the solution be and, again, what the solution actually should be.
0: And you talk to Republicans who are obviously worried about the midterms and in just in crass political terms. They can't understand why the issue of the day is taking children away from their parents. And this is a highlighted policy of the administration. They want to talk about the tax cuts. They want to talk about jobs. They want to talk about national security, the president's achievement or parent achievement out of North Korea. They want to talk about the – they they feel – Ali, you're talking to them as well. They feel like they've got a good news story to tell in recent weeks. And they they, they have a little bit of a balance in their step. And then this comes. And if you're talking about an issue that you want to – Fire up a liberal base around, including um, people of color, uh, immigrants, legal immigrants, people that, that, that could be voters here. If you want to talk about something that might fire up suburban moms, a big problem for the Republican Party, uh, I, it's hard to think of an issue that does that in a more dramatic way than the, the, than the, the issue of the, of the kids on the border. Now, the flip side of that, and political advisors to the president will say, look, the president knows his base. He's got his base with him. The majority of Republicans support him on this, as in most issues. And he, this is a way to get him excited. And we need to make sure we get funding for that border. Well, we've got to make start making good on promises. And there is a chunk of the country, about a third, who thinks this is a good way to send that message. That, and to, to, to paraphrase Jeff Sessions, if you don't want your kids separated from, from you at the border, don't cross the border illegally. Don't try to come here. Uh, and that is the, the appeal that the president continues to play to, even though he stands virtually alone on the national political scene in standing behind this policy.
1: Sure. But Rick, let's consider that tonight, in fact, the president's going to be campaigning in a major swing district out in Minnesota that Republicans are trying to pick up. So the and and given the president's uh, tendency to kind of go off script, you can imagine that he's probably going to be talking about I wouldn't be surprised if he brought up uh, childhood separations and why it's Democrats fault. Uh, This is a swing district district. And if Republicans want to win some of these districts, that messaging that does appeal to that uh, 50 percent of base voters that are on board with this strategy, that's not going to do it for the voters in these swing districts in purple and uh, blue uh, leaning states. So I'm very curious how that's going to play out. Rick, I also think uh, one of the things that... um, has an effect on the, the how this is playing in the court of public opinion is just the fact that, yes, we have seen some horrific images. Yes, we've all now heard that audio recording. But from a from a media standpoint, uh, cr- camera crews are not being allowed no, into these no. facilities. Uh, we haven't seen uh, young girls. We haven't seen infants. There have been reports of these uh, tender age facilities holding uh, ch- children that can't even talk yet. So, I think the absence of the tangible physical evidence of those policies being implemented, I think if that changes, that may also change the discourse in terms of the still wide swath of people who appear to be behind the president on this.
0: And Allie, we talked to our guest, um, uh, Catherine Cortez Masto, we spoke with last night about a lot of these issues, and we'll get to that in, in just a moment. But I am struck by how uh, th- this was a defining issue maybe the defining issue for President Donald Trump when he was candidate Donald yeah. Trump. Um, from the virtually the moment he came down that escalator at Trump Tower and talked about the, the rapists and the murderers uh, that, that, were, that were pouring in through the border, he made the border wall and the calls for get tough uh Fast acting moves on immigration, a signature issue of his campaign, you knew where he stood on some levels there shouldn 't be any surprise when he enacts a policy that um, that furthers those goals with an attorney general. Jeff Sessions uh, with Stephen Miller, a former Sessions aide, as a senior policy advisor, crafting a lot of this policy out of the White House. This is what you should expect from President Donald Trump. We know the man doesn't back down very often. Um, We also know that he's he's not afraid about using things as political leverage. I think, though, this is one of those things that has a lot of Trump supporters, certainly in the Establishment of the Republican Party, lawmakers, people that are hearing from their constituents, um, people like Steve Schmidt, the former uh, top advisor to Dick Cheney and uh, John McCain and Sarah Palin and others, who uh, has left the Republican Party over this. What he sees is just a blind devotion to Donald Trump. It is making a lot of people uncomfortable. The question, I suppose, for now, because there's no prospect realistically of legislative action right away, is whether the president himself is so uncomfortable that he does something about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think we also have to keep in mind that in terms of the difference between Trump of 2016 and Trump of now, is that it's one thing to talk in, in abstract terms about the threat that this is uh, posing to uh, to families across America. And I think it is a very different thing to see, to again, see these policies being implemented. Um, and as you mentioned, we've already seen uh, the, the Senate Republican conference said yesterday, Leader Mitch McConnell Leader Mitch McConnell said we are united in not wanting to see families being separated. So, again, this is this also it strikes me as being an issue aside from the. Bigger topics that Trump talked about wanting to tackle when it came to immigration. These levels of, uh, you know, allowing families to come in uh, in a process that they derisively called chain migration, these family diversity visas, um, legal status for DACA recipients. These are all big issues, and he will likely continue to have the support of his base in pursuing uh, what he wants on those aspects of immigration. But Again, this is a narrow thing that um, it, it it just doesn't it just doesn't strike me as something that's going to uh, to continue to coalesce um, Republicans around him. And also, uh, I think it's worth noting that this is a midterm year and midterms attract a different sect of voters right. than do presidential elections. So the notion that everybody who uh, gravitated towards his message of. Uh, Of uh, nationalism and anti-immigration, they might not necessarily have a reason to go out to the polls this year, and they might stay home.
0: Uh, That's right. And and the complicated politics, the complicated uh, policy of immigration, all of it uh, of a piece. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Senator Catherine Cortez Masto, Democrat of Nevada, working to try to craft a solution along with her Democratic colleagues in the Senate. Stick around
1: brought to you by indeed used by over 3 million businesses for hiring where business owners and hr professionals can post job openings with screener questions then sort review and communicate with candidates from an online dashboard learn more at indeed.com hire
0: there's a lot coming at you right now turmoil tweets an insane amount of chatter I'm Brad Milkey with ABC News, and I am here to throw you a lifeline. It's a new podcast called Start Here, where our experts give you on-the-ground access to the biggest stories of the day. We're going to give you some context, some clarity among the chaos, 20 minutes every weekday. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and start here. Now joining us on Powerhouse Politics, Senator Catherine Cortez Masto, Democrat from Nevada. Senator, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Rick. Happy to be here. Uh,
0: This has been quite a couple of days, and you've seen the images uh, that are clamoring for the answers like a lot of other folks, uh, not all of whom are lawmakers. This has been kind of a a breakthrough moment. Uh, I'm curious from where you stand now a few days into what's become a a national crisis uh, with everyone's attention. Are you seeing a light at the end of the tunnel? Do you see a, a possible resolution at this moment?
2: Uh, well, the only resolution I see is this president changing his policy. I mean, and it's very simple. All he has to do is either uh, pick up a pen and change it, make a call to Jeff Sessions and change it. But literally, that's the easiest thing that can happen and the quickest and needs to happen, Rick. This is really a policy change um, that this administration implemented. They've manufactured this crisis that is literally, literally tearing uh, families apart and taking kids away from their parents. I, I, I just it is outrageous and inhumane, uh, and it's something that no wonder there's a crisis. Absolutely, there everybody's up in arms. I can't tell you, Rick, how many calls I get, emails, people I talk to, my family members. Everybody is outraged, and rightfully so. This is not how we treat kids in this country.
0: Are you satisfied as of now that you understand what the policy is and what's happening? Because a lot of this has been about just visibility, just being able to get access to these facilities as lawmakers, to understand what the process is. How is that part of it coming uh, regardless of the legislative front, regardless of the of the policy push.
2: No, I think that's the most important piece. That's why people are uh, outraged, and rightfully so, because this administration and the agencies have hidden this from people. I I still do not have, and my colleagues do not have, the policies and pr- procedures that we have requested on how they're... Implementing the best interests of these kids and looking out for the best interests of these children. Uh, There's no policies or protocols that they've shown us. We have not seen data, specific data, asked questions about how many families, who are these kids, where are they, where are they being taken, taken, and we are still asking those questions. So the images you see in all of my colleagues and I, intend to go to the border. I'm going to go on Monday to see for myself. Um, That's so important for people to understand the truth and what's happening, because we are getting misinformation from this administration and those agencies. Do you consider consider it stonewalling, or do they not know the answers? I honestly, you know what, I, I hate to say it. I, I think for them, this is really about a political gain. I think they, they are using these kids as bargaining chips for some uh, political gain. And, and to me, that's what's worse about all of this. It's just inhumane. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I cannot stress enough. And I was a former attorney general in the state of Nevada. Every state in this country, we have child welfare laws. The federal government has child welfare laws. And under those laws, we all are obligated to look out for the best interests of children, all children. And I can guarantee you from what I am seeing, this administration is not complying with those standards.
1: Senator Cortez Masto, uh, Allie Rogan here, uh, ABC's Senate producer. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm sure you heard Democratic Leader Schumer today when he said, and I quote, legislation is not the way to go here when it's so easy for the president to sign into law some sort of solution here. Uh, What do you make of that assessment? Is he right? Uh, Is legislation not the answer here?
2: I agree. It's not not needed. If we are going to make the change, uh, simply the president, all he has to do is change the policy back. This administration has implemented that zero-tolerance policy, which we never implemented, has never been implemented before, and all they have to do is change it. Stop separating these parents from their children. Stop traumatizing kids that are coming across this border. And let me put this in perspective, because people need to understand. It's very confusing at times, our immigration laws that we have implemented. The families that are coming here are coming here because they are being persecuted in their own country. What does that mean? That means they've made the conscious choice That is, it is safer for them to go to cross a foreign terrain and come to the United States where they think that they will be helped. Because if they stay in their home country, they have a government that's not going to protect them. They have gangs and different activity that are uh, out there threatening not only their lives, but the lives of their children. So they've made the choice to come to this country for help. And we have asylum laws that say, if you are being persecuted, you come to our country, we will assess you, we will we will help you, we will look to see if you and your family can stay and be safe. That's not happening. What this administration has done is change that policy and said, well, if you're being persecuted in another country and you come to our country... We're going to criminally prosecute you and we're going to take your kids away from you because we think it's a deterrent uh, to prevent others from trying to come and seek asylum in this country. That is outrageous and inhumane.
1: Right. But if if the president does not act,
2: um, as you know, you're
1: one of the uh, all Senate Democrats who have co-sponsored the legislation by Senator Dianne Feinstein that would in a limited way address the separation of families short of presidential action. Is Senator Feinstein's bill the solution? We've also seen some proposals by uh, Republicans. Um, I'd be curious to hear uh, whether, if it comes to it, uh, you would be inclined to support any of them that deal with not just the issue of family separation, but also some uh, tangential issues, including um, adding more uh, judges to adjudicate these asylum issues,
2: things like that. Well, let me just say the the policy that this administration has chose to implement, this zero tolerance policy that is tearing families apart, has caused all of us to be outraged. So I think everyone, everyone is taking action and using whatever tools or means they can to try to change this. But it's going to take a time to do that. And that's why I say, and I and my colleagues and everyone else, it, it could be much quicker to, to to protect these families if this administration changes this policy. So, yes, everybody's outraged. So that's why we've had 75 former U.S. attorneys send a letter to this administration to say, change your policy back. That's why you've had over 20 attorneys general in this country, state attorneys general, send a letter saying uh, you are violating the welfare laws of this state, child welfare laws. Change the policy back. That's why you have Congress, my colleagues and I, using the tools and procedures we have have to say, we are going to do what we can. And if it means that we introduce legislation to protect these families, we are going to do just that. But that will take time. And I think many people recognize that we need immediate action now because these families and these children are being harmed. Uh, You know, uh, that's why uh, we have seen the, uh, what is it, National Association or the American Academy of Pediatric Doctors have come out and said, our children, these children, uh, they're being traumatized, lifelong trauma to them that's being impacted by this separation. So you will see lawsuits. You've seen ACLU lawsuits. You're going to see other lawsuits. People are doing whatever they can and taking an appropriate action, and rightfully so, because this is inhumane. It is immoral, separating these children. So everybody's going to take action, absolutely. But this administration can can correct all of this and can stop it. So like Sen- just picking up a pen and making that change,
0: and, and Senator, I I won't refute that for a moment. I think I think the evidence is clear on this, despite what the president says about this being a democratic law. It's not a democratic law. I I get that, but you are a lawyer, you're and a former a former state attorney general. Do, is there another way to handle these very hard cases? In your view, is there some other piece? Uh, a, a way to navigate the laws and the legal rulings on this that is somewhere between detention at the border of these children uh, while, the, while the cases wait to go through the process and the so-called catch-and-release policy. I say this because I think we can agree President Trump very unlikely to go back to the Obama policy. Does he have another option short of legislation?
2: Rick, absolutely, there's another option. And I think that's what we all want to work on together and address this. Do, do we recognize that there are, is a backlog there? Absolutely. And what does that mean? That means then we have to understand that in the process and procedures that we have set up for this immigration system, they need more resources, whether that's in the form of new, uh, more immigration judges or more uh, staff to uh, handle the backlog. That's also uh, could address the issue of turning these cases around. Much quicker, so that when they go through, when they they're seeking asylum and they're they're doing that that first hearing, that we can get them through the process much quicker. Absolutely, we can do that, but that requires us to uh, provide those resources, which my colleagues and I we are willing to do. We are willing to address that uh, issue when it comes to the process and procedures that uh, we have set up in our immigration courts. That's that's simple, and that's something that can be done to address this issue. But it, it, again, the but what we see here is not somebody in this administration who's willing to be reasonable and take a look at that. What we see is an administration who has manufactured a crisis using these kids as political bargaining chips for their own political gain. gain. And that, to me, is what is so egregious with all of this and just immoral.
1: Right if I put on my political hat, which I do quite frequently as uh, someone who covers politics for ABC News, I'd, I'm curious to get you to weigh in on the, the politics here, especially in terms of Democrats kind of letting the president lay in this bed that he has made. As you've pointed out, this is something, this is the administration's doing, nobody else. Um, while the president is not acting... Is it? Do you think it is a good political issue for Democrats to uh, kind of sit back and see what Republicans do? Republicans in Congress and President Trump. Uh, I I know it might be tough for you to weigh in on something uh, such a such a nakedly political question, but it is certainly something that, in the context of um, the campaigns that are going on, I think that a lot of folks are curious about whether this is a a political win for democrats.
2: Allie. nobody should use children as um bargaining chips for political gain. Sure. It, it should never be done. Never.
0: Do you do you have a view now on uh or, or visibility on what will become of the children that are currently detained? I uh, I feel like we know now that there's more than 2000 of them. And we we've been told about a hotline that Family members can call to to try to access, but we don't know about at least we don't know you know in the public and the media what's going to happen. What kind of answers are you looking for there, dealing with this the the immediate part of this crisis?
2: Well, Rick, that's the great question, and those are the questions we've been answering that we don't have the answers to from this administration, and that's why we are all up in arms. Is uh, it, it's really you're taking these children away? and we're talking toddlers right so they're they run all ages and we've seen where toddlers uh, have been taken from their their families babies so how are you caring for them what what's the how, how are you looking out for the best interests of all of these kids including the toddlers what's the type of detention facility what's how are you uh, caring for them when they're in uh your um your care or um in your possession and we can't get answers and that, I think, concerns, uh, concerns me, and that's the concern for many of us. The one thing that I have seen uh, some of the transparency that has come out with some of the uh, images is is the staff there have been told they can't even touch the children. So you have toddlers and babies and infants who are crying, uh, who are afraid, who've been taken away from their parents, and uh, now you can't even comfort them? So, and, and you're calling that as the best interest of these children? No, it's not. And that's the question we all have. And that's why we are so frustrated, because we have been asking this question from the very beginning and not getting any of those answers from this administration. And, and listen, I, my red flag, the first thing that goes up is a red flag, particularly for somebody who's in law enforcement, when you're asking questions and not only do they not give you the answers, but they prevent you from going in and seeing the facilities and hiding those um, facilities uh, from the public view. That, to me, is much more concerning. Where's the transparency? Where's the accountability? And keep in mind, again, these are detention facilities. These these kids uh, don't get to walk away freely or go be reunited with uh, friends or family. Uh, they are being held in detention facilities. I, whatever you want to call it, they're still detention facilities.
1: Uh, Senator Cortez Masto, um, you voted against the confirmation of uh, the current DHS Secretary, Kirsten Nielsen. Um, some of your colleagues in the House and Senate have already been calling for her to step down. We all saw her uh, give a uh, appear in the White House briefing room and defend this policy uh, vociferously. Um, do you think that based on that um, performance and, and her defense of this policy and her job so far, do you think she needs to resign?
2: Yes, and that's why I didn't support her in the first place. I didn't think she had the experience or the ability to run this large um, law enforcement agency. Um, I also have now been shown from her actions that not only does she not understand um, how you carry out uh, your enforcement duties, particularly in law enforcement, because we enforce the law with compassion uh, and that's what the U.S. attorneys just sent to the uh, administration to show. I know that as a former prosecutor for 10 years. Uh, that's why we believe in community policing. That's why we believe in getting in and in, in being involved with our community. She doesn't understand that. And uh, we see that happening. The other thing that we also and I, my biggest concern here as well is that we are now and she has made the decision to go down this path of um Taking individuals who are seeking help, who are victims of gang violence and persecution in their country, instead of treating like them victims, we are criminally prosecuting them. We are criminally prosecuting them. That means she has taken resources from somewhere else, resources that are needed to go after violent criminals, resources that are needed to go after uh, investigations for terrorist activity to protect our communities. And now she's taking those resources and putting them on these families' who have done nothing other than leave their country because of persecution and they're seeking help from us. And now she is separating uh, the the parents from the children and and causing more resources to go um, over to take care of an issue that I truly believe we should be looking at with compassion and helping these families and not persecuting them.
0: Finally, Senator, I, I, a lot of folks in the Democratic Party, Republican Party, any party, spend a lot of time trying to figure out what President Trump is up to. What is your sense of, of, of what his play is on this against public opinion, against so many in his own party? You mentioned the possibility of using his bargaining chips. Do you have a, is this driven by ideology? Is it driven by tactics, strategy? Is it just a, a, a Trumpian behavior that you can't explain?
2: No, I I think we have seen this from the time that he's campaigned to now. It, it, it's general. He's got an anti-immigrant agenda. It's clear. From the time that he started campaigning and talking about um, people coming across the border that were criminals, they're all criminals and Um, drug dealers uh, and rapists, uh, to the Muslim ban, um, to everything that we've seen um, supporting uh, white supremacists. Uh, He has an anti-immigrant policy, and we see that playing out. And we see it even now that in its harshest reality, that he has no concern about the well-being and interests of children And would rather utilize them for his own political gain. And that is what is so outrageous about all of it.
0: All right. Senator Catherine Cortez Masto, Democrat from the great state of Nevada. Thanks for being on and good luck with your your trip getting some answers down there. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you. Thank you both.
0: So, Ali, I think you asked a good question about uh, the Democrats' role in all of this, and uh, we're already hearing it—the you know, president and his backlash. He's been trying to get the Democrats to come to the table, and I do think there is some political peril here for Democrats in the way they're playing it right now because they're—they're they're saying, "Look, the pressure should be on the president." Rightfully so, he got—he can do the policy, but. As soon as he makes clear that there is going to be no policy, the question is going to be, what do you do next? And um, there is there are, there are so many proposals. that We've lost track of the, the different proposals that are, that are out there. We know that among the proposals will be Republican proposals uh, that would, uh, as part of what they do, end this policy. They may do other things as well, and there may be good reasons to oppose them, but um, the Democrats – Right now, we're saying you figure this out on your own. That's a gamble in and of itself. You don't want to be seen as as obstructing this and keeping a, a policy that that has uh, so many just heartbreaking consequences.
1: Exactly, and I think with every day that passes, that strategy that Leader Schumer has put out becomes more and more potentially politically dangerous for Democrats because it's one thing to say on day one of this debate that uh, this is in the president's court and he needs to deal with this, but It's a game of chicken, Rick. And frankly, I think uh, the Democrats are in a bit of a weaker position because uh, the president is simply at this point refusing to act. uh, And it's just a a question of who uh, blinks first. I also, though, think, Rick... This is the official position of Senate Democrats right now, but I also think we're going to see uh, coalitions break off and start trying to work out something, something very, very narrow. Um, Senator Marco Rubio actually tweeted that he believes uh, if something came to the floor right now that was very, very narrow, dealing only with this issue, that it could pass via unanimous consent, meaning people wouldn't even need to register a yes or no vote. They could just unanimously sail it through. That could happen. Um, who knows? There's, there. as we've said, there's more bills that we can even count. Um, but I think that effort is going to continue even as Democrats... Put the pressure on President Trump to act.
0: Yeah, and someone told me a long time ago when I first started covering Capitol Hill, Alley the building, the building you know so well <laughs> over there, uh, that, um, that that there are there are, there are partisan issues, and most things end up being partisan issues. But when they become personal, when members of Congress hear from constituents, they are creatures of their community. They respond to these. They know what it's like to be inundated with phone calls and uh, and emails, and uh, they're in touch with so many people in their community um, that that have their personal cell phones and. Maybe texting them, and they have sons and daughters who are uh, out there in the world who are experiencing things, grandkids uh, and when, the, when when issues break through like that when it's when it 's broader than something inside the building, then sort of all bets are off when it comes to politics and this is one of those issues this is a, one of those rare issues that has uh, taken over the national consciousness. Um, just because of the shocking nature of some of the images and some of the stories. And it does become bigger than politics. And you know what? President Trump is used to being able to create his own stories and his own narratives and his own images around things. And this is one that it seems to me at this point has has gotten away from him.
1: Yeah, I would say um, lawmakers around here are saying they are just being inundated. Their phones are ringing off the hook with calls about this. This is something that uh, really hits people at home. You don't have to have a child who uh, has been separated from you to understand understand the anguish that these parents are experiencing. Um, And Rick, we are also entering, um, number one, this upcoming weekend. And then we've got a week uh, in which lawmakers are going to be back in their home districts. And you can bet that they are going to be hounded by constituents who are meeting them in town halls, coming and uh, doing sit-ins in their offices. This is going to be another one of those issues, I predict, uh, like the health care debate was with um, people just really bringing uh, that sense of urgency to their offices and forcing them to act. So I think uh, this debate has percolated as lawmakers have largely been in Washington, mm-hmm. um, a bit separated from the direct impact of their constituents. Uh, that's going to change soon, and I think uh, I would, it wouldn't surprise me if that also changes the debate.
0: Excellent point. We'll be tracking it all. All right. That does it for this edition of Powerhouse Politics. Thank you, Allie Rogan, for pinch hitting. For John Carl, who will be back with us uh, later in the week with a special edition I know we have on tap. Uh, for all of us at ABC, ABC News, uh, we want to give a special thanks to our producing team, Avery Miller, Angie Yak, the great Trevor Hastings, Susie Liu, and Dave Ryan, also helping out with the production this week. Uh, I am Rick Klein, ABC News political director. We'll be back with you next time on Powerhouse Politics.